This is Sam Anderson, lead pastor at Central Church. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And to keep up with everything happening in our faith community, visit centralchurch.cc. Today, we're going to talk about, obviously, Easter, because it's Easter. But this whole kind of Holy Week thing started last Sunday with Palm Sunday. And so if you don't know what Palm Sunday is, it's where Jesus sort of had this triumphant entry into Jerusalem, right? And it's outlined in Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 36. And essentially what this was, it was Jesus sort of ushering in his upside-down kingdom, this kingdom that was like totally backwards. Last week we called it bass-ackwards, right? And we said that it was this totally backwards thing where Jesus comes in on a borrowed baby donkey, with borrowed cloaks and extra branches, right? And so typically when a king would come in and have their triumphal entry into their city, it would be a lot like the movie Aladdin, where it's Prince Ali, Ali is he, uh, you know, and they got like the bakers with the bread and the horns and the trumpets and the dancers and the flags and the banners and all these different things. And uh, so Jesus didn't come in on like this stallion with his scepter and saying, kiss my peaky ring. He came in on a borrowed baby donkey with used cloaks and extra branches, and it was painting this beautiful picture of Jesus, of this just love and humility, and saying, guys, this is what the kingdom of God is about. It's about this love and humility. It's not about worship me, I follow Jesus. It's no, 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 how can I serve you because I follow Jesus? And then we had a Good Friday service here this past uh, Friday, which was extremely powerful. It was incredible. Um, Our children's pastor, Carmen, um, went through communion with us and shared, and it was just this beautiful time that we carve out to just worship and respond to the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And um, the the kind of story of the Good Friday is found in Luke chapter 23, verses 26 through 49. And this is where Jesus renounces power for love. So the triumphal entry is this idea of love and humility, and then Jesus on Good Friday, it's this love and sacrifice, where he comes and he dies a crucifixion on the cross for our sins, and it's the death, and you know our lights were all red, and it's a very somber, very sort of uh, uh, an evening of, like a, of, a, of a reflection of, of the, the sacrifice that he made for us. And then it comes to Easter, which is today, which is you know three days Later, and I want to quote Ludacris, where he's like, three days later, stepped out the club and ten and a half gators. Yeah, no? No? Some of y'all know. Dalton knows. Dalton's my, okay, Luda. Okay, sorry. Um, but then comes the Easter, where it's this new hope. It's where death is no more, and life is resurrected, and it's this idea of love and hope. And so it starts off with this idea of love and humility, and then it's love and sacrifice, and now it's love and hope. In this new hope. And so this week, as I was preparing, um, I was made aware of a Netflix original. How many of you guys have fallen victims to these uh, next Netflix originals? You therefore lose your life for the next three days, right? It's, it's, it's all available at once. And so we go on this crazy binge. And so there was this Netflix original that we uh, found out about that was called 13 Reasons Why. How many of you guys have heard of this? So I'm not talking to a bunch of people that don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, 13 Reasons Why. So we heard about it because some of the teenagers in the youth group were talking about it, and we are like, oh, we got to do our due diligence. we got to research this thing, right? That was our excuse to go see all the Twilight movies. We were youth pastors, and we are yeah. 
I said that. Let it process. Let it settle. You know, I was team Colin. It's cool. You know, team Edward, whatever. Um, anyway, sorry. So we were watching this thing, and it was crazy because essentially, for those of you who don't know, the premise of the show is um, it's, it's, the idea is that it's an anti-bullying show. Right? It's to teach people that there are repercussions to your actions. There are consequences to the things that you do, the things you say, the way you treat people. Right, And so the, the, the whole basis of the show is that this, this, this teenage girl takes her own life and then records these tapes and tells 13 reasons why. And it goes through and it shows kind of how people have kind of just destroyed and just deconstructed her as a person and all this stuff. And so it's, it's really, really an interesting take on this whole idea. But, um, and you know, there's people that are all about it and there are people that are like, oh, that's so wrong. It's so dumb. Whatever. Decide for yourselves. It's a Netflix original. But um, as I was watching this, something that stuck out to me as I was coming up on, uh, you know, this Holy Week and Palm Sunday and Good Friday and Easter and all this stuff, I thought, you know, in this show... Death has the final say in all of this. You know, they're like, oh, well, I wish we could do it, but death happened, or but this happened. And death had the final word. And as I was thinking about it, so much of our culture, so much of our world, so much of our entertainment, so much of everything that surrounds us and feeds into us says death has the final say. Death has the last word. But then Jesus. And Jesus shows up and changes all of that. Jesus shows up and says, no, 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 no. That's not the way that this thing works. That's not the way that God has designed all of this. He shows up and changes all of that. And so what I want to do is I want to pray, and then I want to check out this passage in Luke chapter 24 together, and then unpack a few thoughts from that. So let's pray together. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity that we get to come together and have the best donuts in Metro Detroit and drink out of the coolest coffee mugs in Metro Detroit. And that we get to come together and we get to hang out with one another. We get to talk with each other. We get to spend some time just together. And God, thank you for all the talented people who sacrifice and practice and give their time, efforts, and abilities to lead us in worship. And we get to come together and sing songs of praise and adoration To you, God, thank you for your word, that it speaks life and truth to us. And God, I pray this morning as we dive in, I pray that you would open us up to your truth, that you would soften our hearts, that you would open our minds, that we'd be receptive to what you have for us today. And God, I pray that you would use me as an effective mouthpiece for what you have to say today. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said Amen. Awesome. Amen. So Luke chapter 24, verses 1 through 8. It'll be on the screen, but if you have like the Bible app or your Bible or whatever, you can read it there as well. Chapter 24, verses 1 through 8. It says this. On the first, on, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while you were still, while he was still with you in Galilee? The son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day be raised Again, then they remembered his words. 
two kind of nuanced things I, I think about this. It has nothing to do with um, being super holy or what I'm going to talk about at all. But something that's interesting, um, notice that the, 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 the angels appeared to women. That was a big deal in the first century. Because that means that everyone who heard this good news heard it from the mouth of a woman. And so this is kind of very indicative of saying, listen, because back then, you know, women were like a little bit less than, you know, this was before all that. We're talking first century Middle East. And so when, when, when these women come back and give this good news and give this report, this is essentially, I love that this is in here because it's essentially saying, listen, this is for guys, this is for girls, this is for white people, this is for black people, this is for gay people, this is for straight people, this is for all people. This idea of the resurrection, this idea of the sacrifice of Jesus, this is all inclusive. This is for everyone. And I think that that's a really cool thing. And then the second thing that I think is really interesting about this is they're like, these guys are like, hello, he died, he rose again, he already told you this. And then they're like, oh yeah. Like what? How do you forget something like that? And then, you know, because it says, and then they remembered his words. What? How is that one of those like aha moments? Oh, you know, he did, I think he did say something about that. What? Sorry, it has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but... Those two things are very interesting to me. But anyway, so the crucifixion on Good Friday, right? The crucifixion on Good Friday is, is, is painting this picture that love is greater than power. Because Jesus renounces his own power, takes on humanity, dies a sinner's shameful, humiliating death because he loves us. And so it's saying love is greater than power. And so this resurrection is saying that love is greater than death, that love supersedes it all. And so what this does, this resurrection account, this paints a picture of God's final judgment. It paints a picture of sort of God's final stance on things. God is saying, listen, I have the final word. And just a little spoil, spoiler alert for you, it doesn't end in crucifixion and tragedy. Jesus is saying, this, God's saying, this is not the end of the story. It doesn't end in death and tragedy and crucifixion. It, it's, he's saying here that God's final judgment is resurrection. God's final word is resurrection. God's love conquers sin and death. And then this, so this is where our hope comes from. This is where our hope comes from because we don't say, you know, oh, it's the end of the story. Jesus is hanging on the cross and he's still there and that's it. No, 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 no. God spoke and said, no, 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 that's not the end. I'm bringing things back to life. It ends with resurrection. It, brings, it ends with God breathing life back into the situation and elevating it back up. Does that make sense? And so here's the deal. How do people process life without this hope? I don't understand it. It's beyond, I mean, just me personally, it's beyond my comprehension how people can go through this life without the hope of Jesus. I, I really don't get it. I don't understand how people can handle the pain that they face. I, I just, I just, I don't. And how much they, how much brokenness comes with living life. I don't understand how people face this outside of Jesus. Illnesses that come on, that set on, that come in and attack us and our families and our loved ones. How do we face that without the hope of, of Jesus with, with the world turmoil that's going on and all the craziness and they're bombing them and we're bombing who and they're bombing, everybody's bombing everybody. How do we face that stuff without the hope of Jesus? 
this last political season that was super divided and super segregated and super polarizing, and this side thought this side was idiots, and this side thought that side was idiots, and everybody thought everybody was idiots, and all this stuff was going down, I consistently said, listen, if you ever put your hope in anything other than Jesus, you're always going to be disappointed. If your hope is in a candidate, you're going to be disappointed. If your hope is in a political party, you're going to be disappointed. If your hope is in some delegated elected official, you're going to be disappointed. If your hope is in people, you're going to be disappointed. If your hope is in circumstances, you're going to be disappointed. Always. I don't understand how people can function without this hope of Jesus, with all the injustice that's been taking place, social injustice, racial injustice, all these injustices. How do people face this without the hope of Jesus? When my mom passed away a few years ago, when you lose someone, how do you face that without the hope of Jesus? Because the hope of Jesus says death and tragedy is not the end of the story. That's not where it ends. You, okay, you've been diagnosed with cancer, but guess what? That's not where it ends. That's not the end of the story. Your, your, your life seem, is seemingly falling apart. That's not the end of the story. The world is going crazy and chaotic. That's not the end of the story because God is in the business of bringing things back to life. God is in the business of resurrection, of bringing things back to life, and there's hope in that because God looks at the brokenness in our lives and he looks at the death in our lives and the dark areas of our lives that are falling apart and that we can't get together, we can't kind of right the wrongs or whatever. And you know what? He desires resurrection for that. He desires resurrection in your life. God looks at the brokenness and death in our world and the chaos and the craziness, and he desires resurrection for that. God looks at our relationship with him in the dark spots, the dead zones, where we're dropping the ball. And you know what? He desires resurrection for that. You see, being a Christ follower and having this perspective of the resurrection, having this perspective of a hope that God has already spoken the last word and it doesn't end in death and tragedy and all this, but it ends in resurrection. This should mean that we are a people characterized and defined by hope. We should have so much hope that people are drawn to us in these crazy turmoil times, we shouldn't be at the water machine, water cooler at work talking about, oh, I don't know what we're gonna do. The world's gonna fall apart. California's gonna fall in the ocean. Oh, all this stuff. All this gloom and doom, right? That should not be us. We should be hope people because we have the hope of Jesus. We have the resurrection power in our lives, Right? We should not be fear, fear mongerers and oh, oh man, we're going to do this and that and oh, the whole world is, oh, what are we going to do? That should not be us. That should not be us because we have hope in Jesus. And we know that tragedy and crucifixion, and tra- that's not the end of the story. We know that there is hope in Jesus. Our, our hope is found in the resurrection power of God. And so because God wants to take what could destroy us and use it to transform us. God wants to take what could destroy us and use it to transform us. Because here's the deal. The resurrection, God's resurrecting power isn't limited to the physical body of Jesus. Let me say that again. God's resurrecting power is not limited to the physical body of Jesus. It wasn't a one-time thing. It wasn't a, hey, all right, let me just show you how I can resurrect things Jesus, boom. All right, I'm done. Mic drop, I'm out. 
That's not the way it works. It's not limited to the physical body of Jesus. As a Christ follower, our hope is found in this resurrection power. As a Christ follower, we are called to participate in this resurrection power. It's not something that we just look at from a distance and say, man, every Easter it's so cool we get to talk about Jesus resurrecting. No, this is something that we should be living in day in and day out. That's where our hope comes from. This should be guiding our perspective. This should be guiding the way that we live life. Christ overcame death and the grave, and God's final judgment becomes a reality. The end of the story is written, and this enables us to be resurrected from the death of our sin. This enables us to be resurrected from the death that comes from our sin, giving us new life in Christ. And so there's a spiritual resurrection that we can encounter. There's this spiritual resurrection where we were once dead and we can be brought to life. It's because Christ took on our sins at the cross and he died for us. He made it possible that we could have this spiritual resurrection, that we could say, you know what? I am far from God and there are parts of my life and parts of my spirit and parts of my soul that are withered up because I don't have relationship with the creator. And so Jesus goes to the cross, pays a ransom for our sins, He says, you know what? I'm gonna take your sins upon me. I got this. I got you. And so he goes to the cross and dies for us. And it's like, man, that is so cool. And then he resurrects and says, see, there is new life in me. You can have relationship with God, the creator. You can have relationship with the higher power. You can have relationship with the creator of the universe. Jesus says, I wanna give that to you. That is new life. That is resurrection power. That is resurrecting our heart and our spirit and our soul and allowing us to live on a different level. I mean, it really is. If you want to get to the bare bones about it. And so Jesus does this and he gives us this sort of spiritual resurrection. He gives us this new life in Christ. And many of us, you know, we made this decision when we were 12 or 13 of, yeah, I asked Jesus into my heart at summer camp. It was awesome. I mean, you didn't realize it maybe then, but that was the beginning of your spiritual resurrection. That was the beginning of your relationship with God where he's breathing new life into you. He's bringing life inside of you. So there's this spiritual resurrection aspect of this, but then there's also this practical resurrection that takes place, that continues to take place, that's still taking place in me and should still be taking place in you because we don't ever arrive. And so God should consistently be making all things new inside of us. This is life change. Life change. This is life change. This is a perspective shift. This is opening us up to saying God is always doing something new. For those of you who grew up in the early 90s, you know, he's doing it. Who's doing it? God is doing a new thing. You know, he's doing it. Yo, who? Nobody listened to DC Talk? New thing? Okay, a few of you. Look at those people. Those are the ones that need counseling. They need prayer. After service, please pray for them and pray for me. But there's this practical resurrection that takes place where God is consistently doing new things. He's consistently revealing himself to us. He's consistently showing us who he is. We can't get an idea in our heads of what we thought when we were in our 20s and now we're in our 50s and think that God is still that way. We need to continually be made new, continually resurrecting our understanding of Jesus and continually resurrecting our understanding of who God is. Because the second we think we got it all figured out, you got it all wrong. You got it all wrong. Paul even says towards the end of his ministry career, he says, I'm still running this race. I haven't arrived. 
I haven't decided. He's a dude who wrote like half the New Testament. He's like, I'm not there yet. I'm still learning. I'm still going because God is consistently resurrecting him in a practical way. He's consistently breathing life into Paul, consistently teaching Paul. And so we need to do that as well. There needs to be a practical resurrection in our life every single day. Consistently looking for ways that God is leading us, God is teaching us, God is growing us. And God is breathing new life into us. Because this new life in Christ, it looks different, it feels different, it acts different than the old life without Christ. It really does. It's completely different. This resurrection life looks different, feels different, acts different, thinks different than the old life without Christ, which is the life that is in bondage to sin and death. This new life in Christ, there's hope. There's hope. Because we've seen a preview of the finale. And there's hope. But this life without Christ, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand how people do it. I just really don't. There's just so much hopelessness to be had in that. And the resurrection changes everything. The resurrection changes everything. Love conquers and hope is born. And so it's a huge deal to the Christian faith when we talk about Jesus being resurrected. Because it enables our spiritual resurrection, but then it also enables our continued practical resurrection that we participate in. It's not a spectator sport. God's saying, come on, guys, let's do this. Let's do this. You're in the game. Get off the bench. Get in the game. Jesus shows up and says, I did this for you. Let's go. Not, I did this for you so I could hang on your wall on a nice little pretty picture and you can make me look really American. That wasn't the point. The point was saying, I did this for you so we can do this together. So we can make this happen together. And so maybe you're in here this morning and you've never really received this spiritual resurrection, you know? Maybe you've never accepted Jesus. Maybe you've never, maybe it's just simply because you've never heard it explained like this. Maybe you've never heard it put so simple that, hey, guess what? Jesus wants to give you new life. And you've heard this thing, oh, born again and all this stuff. And you're like, that's really weird. I can't go back into my mom. That's super strange and creepy. And I'm not into that whole deal or whatever. And maybe you've heard that and you're like, okay, that's so, super weird. But you've never heard it put the way that it's like, listen, not that. The, this idea of new life, this idea of being born again, it's just this idea of resurrection. That God wants to breathe new life into you. That God wants to make all things new in your heart, all things new in your soul, in your spirit, in your mind, and in your life. And so maybe, and, and, and here's the deal, it's super simple, super simple. It's not like you have to stand on one leg and touch your nose and pat your head and rub your belly at the same time, and then you can follow Jesus. It's not that. You simply say, hey, guess what? God, yeah, totally. And he's like, yeah, totally. It's not in what you say. It's not in how you say it. It's a matter of the heart. It's saying, God, I want that. I want to surrender to that. I want that. I want that relationship. I want that resurrection. I want that new life. I accept the sacrifice that Jesus made for me. And, and, and when you look at me, I don't want you to see broken, beat up Sam. I don't want you to see Sam with all his faults and all of his missteps and all of his sin and all of his junk. I want you to look at Sam and see Jesus. And so let, let's do this. And it's a decision that happens like that. But it's a process that takes a lifetime. It's a journey that takes a lifetime. It's 
experiencing resurrection day in and day out and saying, God, how do you want to use me today? God, how do you want to change me today? God, where do you want to take me today? What do you want to teach me today? God, how do you want to breathe new life into me so that I can breathe new life into others? How do you want to make this happen? So it's a journey that takes a long time, but it's a decision that takes a moment. It's just flipping the switch, flipping your perspective and saying, I'm with you. I'm with you. And so some of us in, this, in here this morning, maybe you need to do that. You need to experience this spiritual resurrection. Maybe some of you in here this morning, you've experienced the spiritual resurrection, but you never realized that this was something that you need to participate in. That there's a practical, a practical resurrection side of the coin. That you're involved in this. It's not a spectator sport. It's not something that you can sit and watch other people do, but God has called you to step up. Yes, you, with whatever you got, whatever you can do, he's called you. And he hasn't called you to think that you got it all figured out and tell everybody else they're idiots. Because for some reason, that's what happens. The longer we follow Jesus, we think that we know more and more and think that everybody else is stupid. I don't get it. Because that's not the message of Christ at all. That's not the message of his word at all. So maybe you're in here this morning and you need this practical resurrection. You need to realize that God is making all things new continually. And he wants to make all things new in you continually. He wants to make all things new in you with your family. He wants to make all things new in you with your friends. He wants to make all things new in you with your coworkers, with your sphere of influence, with every single person you encounter. He wants to make all things new in you and through you. And so maybe you need to open up and say, you know what, I'm into that. I'm into that. And it's painful. It's painful. It makes you live life a little more like this and less like this. Oh, I got my beliefs. I got what I think. I got what I know. I know I got what my mama told me. I got what my grandparents told me. I got what my pastor told me when I was a kid, and I'm holding on to it with all my might. If you're holding on to everything like this, how is God bringing resurrection into your life? You're holding it all. No, it ain't happening, baby. I got this. I don't need you, Jesus. We don't necessarily say that, but we're definitely doing that. And so there needs to be a reconciliation between these two of saying, you know what? I'm not going to live like this. I'm going to live like this. I'm going to say, God, where do you want to take me? What do you want to teach me? Where do you want to use me? How do you want to breathe new life into me so that I can be a reflection of you everywhere I go? And so maybe you're in here this morning, you need the spiritual resurrection. Maybe you're in this morning and you need the practical resurrection. But either way, we've carved out some time this morning. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, we have hope. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, we're able to participate in this stuff. And that's awesome. And so we want to give you the opportunity this morning to do some business with God. Like I said, there's no special words you have to say. You know, I don't have to anoint you with oil or do this. It's not about me. It's about you and God. And so we want to give you an opportunity to do that. And so it's as simple as saying, God, what that weird guy up there said, let me in. I want that. Or this practical uh, resurrection thing and saying, God, where do you want to use me? Where do I need to, to, instead of going through life like this, how can I start to go through life like this? And what areas of my life do I need to ease up and let you in and let you take the lead? Not let tradition or religion or whatever else take the lead, but let you take the lead. So I want to give you the opportunity to do that this morning. Let's pray together. God, you know the hearts and the lives that are represented in this room. You know the faith journeys. You know the specific stories of every life that's in this room. 
God, if there are some of us in here this morning that need a spiritual resurrection, that need a connection with you, that need the hope that is found in you, God, I pray right now that you would send your Holy Spirit. Your word says that as we draw near to you, you would draw near to us. And I pray that as we draw near to you this morning, we open ourselves up and say, God, speak to us. God, I want that. I pray that you would draw near and that we would feel your presence and your love and your grace and your forgiveness and your mercy and your acceptance more than we've ever felt it before. And God, this morning, for those of us who need to open ourselves up to be used by you and to be an active participant in your resurrection power, I pray that we would begin that journey this morning that today would be a day that marks a change in our hearts, a change in our minds, and a change in our lives. God, I pray that you would send your Holy Spirit to meet with us. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for your sacrifice. I thank you for your resurrection power. I thank you that you have overcome sin and death have overcome so that we may have life. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, everybody said. Thank you for listening to the Central Church Podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and you experience life change. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but still want to support this faith community, visit our giving page at centralchurch.cc. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe.